Okay. Are we ready? <clears throat> okay. Are you doing the intro? I'm not. You're doing the intro, yeah? Oh, I am. <laughs> yep. It says it right there. Thanks so much for dropping in to hang with us today. I'm Z. And this is Amy. And you're listening to Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. And we have a fun Halloween-inspired episode today. Amy and I each have two short stories to tell each other, but we haven't shared any notes beforehand, which is really different than the format of our show is. Uh, we always do the research, the talking, all of it together. We tell the story together. We share our notes. Again, I have no idea what story she's going to tell. She has no idea what stories I'm going to tell. And it's just a little bit of a way to mix things up after the Houston Candyman killer, because that was a lot for me, personally. A little bit of a palate cleanser, if you will. So I'm super excited. I can't wait to share some spooky stories. Me too. I've actually been to both of the locations that my spooky stories have taken place at. Like me physically. too. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, I really so wanted to we, pick kind of locally stories because I think that's fun. Awesome. Do you have photos? Yes, I could have photos. Yeah. I, I think I have photos that I took. I don't think I'm in said photos, but I do have photos of at least one of the locations. Like I, I 100% am sure of. So we'll add those. Okay, we'll add them to the Patreon. And also mm-hmm. we'll put them on the Instagram stories so that you can see on the day that our Halloween episode airs. And then we have a highlight on our Instagram account. We run a shared Instagram account. It's called Curse Words and Crayons. Surprise, surprise. And it is more of a parenting community over there. And we try to keep most of our true crime stuff over here. There is a highlight on our Instagram account all about the podcast. So it can live in there forever and for always. And for our Patreon members, they will get those photos emailed. Ooh, and we'll add extra stuff. I think I have a video of mine that I'll add for the Patreon. Cool. Yeah, I when we were talking about doing this for the Halloween episode, number one, super fun. But number two, I thought, especially after the Candyman killer case, not that that was like your hometown murder or anything, but you're from Houston. The story was from Houston. It got me like wanting to look into other stuff. So I found some really fun ones. So I'm excited. All right. So to get us started, let's get a little bit of spooky this or that going. I love it. I'm stoked. Okay. What do you have for us today, Amy? What are we this or thatting? All right, so werewolves or vampires? Vampires are sexy, werewolves are hairy. I mean, hairy can be sexy too. Can I say both? I'll go for both, A and B. So option C for me, thank you. (laughs) You're kind of breaking all of the rules, but I guess you can go for both. I wasn't thinking of it from like a sexual standpoint, but like, do you prefer (laughs) werewolves or vampires? standpoint that's all I that's the only thing that came to mind all that matters to you apparently is would you do it with a werewolf or a vampire but if we're looking at it from that aspect for sure a vampire over a werewolf hands down but also I don't know I feel like if I'm reading or watching anything I would much rather be reading or watching something about vampires than werewolves I have read so many fucking vampire books. I am obsessed with the movie Underworld. If I could be a vampire or a werewolf, I for sure would do vampire 
also because listen to this amy you go through the painful transition once as a vampire right so you die you come back to life now you're a vampire as a werewolf that transition every month or a few months or whatever werewolf theories you follow that seems really painful like it seems like that would really hurt the joints they also they rip their clothes and stuff that's expensive They're and then they probably naked. shed yeah, yeah they probably shed so it's just like why, oh but if we're say if we're saying edward or jacob jacob hands down a thousand and fifty percent every yeah. day i mean i feel like vampires are always portrayed kind of like Sicily you know like they're kind of they're always really pale they're always super yeah. thin and werewolves are always portrayed very like beefy Ooh. Yeah, I but like that. I will say like I totally am like a vampire nerd like I I probably haven't read as many vampire books but all the vampire shows I'm I'm gonna out myself as a total geek I love them all so what about oh shit what's the one that's set in New Orleans the originals the the originals that actually came after vampire diaries i know um, but i don't and... i don't love vampire diaries i just can't get How into can what's her not? face elena. Oh, elena i don't like her i don't and like her she's got her doppelganger so there's like actually two of her and it's exactly. irritating i could see that but i really like the other characters i agree i agree I that like, she's irritating i like caroline me too but yeah. the originals, I loved. I didn't watch that till way after Vampire Diaries, but now it's like all on Netflix, so you can like watch every single everything. But mm-hmm. now there's Legacies. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna lead into, Amy. <laughs> what the fuck? Have you seen it? Because I've seen every fucking episode. Me too. <laughs> and I'm waiting impatiently for the next season to come out. It got really okay. Maybe I haven't seen this new season all the way through though, because it got real weird. So I'm going to have to go back on Netflix and see if this season's out. Because I missed it when it, like, premiered or whatever. I feel I like there's two seasons on Netflix. So if there's any more than that, that's all I've seen. Okay. I, there's a third one. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's not on Netflix yet then. Yeah. I feel like there's a third season that just came out. Okay. Anyways, okay. So this right. or that, it seems like in werewolves versus vampires vampires, vampires win, even though yeah. werewolves are juicy and beefy and magnificent. are beefier for sure yes. for sure okay. fantasy or sci-fi fantasy hands down hands See, down what fantasy. do you classify as fantasy though okay so sci-fi is more stuff like dune where it's like in the future that's like okay. star wars that's like a star trek for me okay. fantasy is like game of thrones like, there's fucking dragons. There's magic. There are things that literally cannot happen in real life. Or maybe it does happen in real life, you know? Maybe we just don't have magic and somebody does. And they're just floating through life real easy up there on their broomsticks. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yes, that's that's how I classify the difference. So sci-fi is, like, could possibly happen, you know? Like, in the future. Fiction. Right, yeah. yeah. Or in the past. Or in an alternate reality, right? Oh, that's but, a really tough one for me. Because fantasy I don't really I'm not into like the Merlin stuff or the I didn't I have not seen a single episode of Game of Thrones I know and every time I say that to somebody I get that exact same reaction because everybody that's watched it has really loved it and I just I've never have the first season's basically just porn though and get this my mom and dad bought Roberto and it was like one of our first Christmases together they bought Roberto the box set for season one because the whole family loved it 
And like, I think I started dating Roberto like the year after it came out or I don't know, something like that. So yeah, my parents got Roberto season one of Game of Thrones for Christmas one year. And so we decided to watch it on Christmas morning together. And it was probably oh, the no. most fucking awkward experience because my my husband has been friends with my parents longer than we've known each other actually which is a weird fact for us I mean while he's friends with my parents outside of our relationship I'm sure that was not very comfortable uh watching porn with his mother-in-law in the same room because that's essentially that's what it is though Amy I'm not even gonna lie it made me slightly uncomfortable because we've had this talk before like I'm not so much into that like you can lead up to it and that's all I need my imagination is like really good stuff like unless I'm watching porn i don't want to accidentally watch porn you get what i'm saying i see that i think what really was like a big yuck for me was from what i hear there's a lot of like incest there's a lot of like sibling sex and i'm not i don't i'm not i'm not it's not that's not my thing it's but, just like one thing, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it happens to the whole series, so yeah. Right, right. So I, but I think like in general, I'm not like, that's just, I don't, I'm not opposed to dragons. I'm not opposed to fantasy, but I'm also not like a Star Wars person. Like I've never watched, I've seen some Star Wars, but like Star Wars really isn't my thing. But I'm like, I could get down with futuristic stuff and I can get down with like dystopian like societies and like that kind of thing. So I think for me, I'm going to fall like in the middle because I'm not like full on Star Wars, Star Trek, that stuff. But I'm also not, I'm not going to, like, be all into the dragons and fairies either. Straight up, if I had to label you, though, I'd put you under sci-fi instead of fantasy. I I just just feel it for you. Just label me. Yeah, I did. And that's just what I feel for you, Amy. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I love you regardless of whether it's (laughs) sci-fi or fantasy. Because guess what? I like both. Thank you for accepting me either way. I really appreciate (laughs) it. All right. What about gory or jump out scary? Um, Option C, neither. I hate scary movies gory stuff makes me want to vomit scary movies i feel like my whole life has been a lie i hate scary movies they make me cry they make me really anxious um i can't i can't handle the suspenseful music either so like the whole when the music's on i'm like (gasps) (laughs) roberto's like are you okay and i'm like no i think i'm gonna fucking die (laughs) Like, I I, I don't think I'm going to make it. Like, I don't know what's happening there, but what's happening in my body is death. This isn't okay. Sorry about your arm, son, but I am like, this is over for me. It's just, uh, it's a no. Okay, so the, like, the only horror-ish type movies that I have liked were when I was younger, I watched the Child's Play movies, like the Chucky doll movies. Mm Mm-hmm. They weren't that bad because they obviously can't happen. Like, that's a doll, you know? So that wasn't right. as that's bad That's, like, me. campy horror, you know? Like, the... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I really like the Silence of the Lambs mm. thing. So, mm-hmm. like, Red Dragon, Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs. Love that series. We'll watch it all the live long day. That, to um, me, classifies as more, like, thriller. Okay, so, yeah, I don't like anything scary then. I only, and I can only do mild thrillers. Like, okay. only mild. If the, if the music's too much, I gotta leave. I gotta go home. I cannot stay. Okay, fun fact. Chris and I's first official date, we watched Red Dragon. Oh. So, I'm super into that. See, I like that. I love that that genre like the psychological thrillery like type of a thing I'm really into that but I'm a full-on 
scary movie person the jumpier the better for me i really am into it gory no thank you i don't want to see the inside of somebody's brain i don't want to watch you peel somebody's skin off not interested in that but i sometimes so i work from home like my full-time job i work from home and i do a lot of like computer work i especially in october will most of the time be watching like some sort of scary something in the background i don't know why yeah so no i really prefer things like uh in october like watching halloween town halloween town high halloween (laughs) town whatever the third one's fucking called where she goes to college um town university i don't know i don't know what it's called i don't know hocus pocus pocus um oh they're coming out with a new hocus pocus too but (gasps) shut your mouth right now is that accurate for real I mean, maybe I just lied. I felt like it was accurate when I said <laughs> no, it. No, I I am gonna believe you because that I is really, good news to me. I really thought it was right. That is why I said it. But maybe they're not. Maybe fucking go I'm Google gonna... it for yourself and then come email us at cursewordsandcrayons at gmail.com and let me know if I'm a dumbass or not. <laughs> I'm gonna say you are not a dumbass because that would be a great day if they were coming out with a new one. That's amazing. I, I think I they also are. like those movies. Another fun fact, and I feel like I've shared this fact on the podcast before, but I will never stop sharing this fact. My husband also hates scary movies. Um, okay, I was going to ask about that because Chris is a sissy. You've said that. That's a direct quote from you. Sissy, so much so that one time I was like, I was, we were texting and I wish I still had the screenshot of this text. We were texting and I said, let's watch a scary movie later. And legitimately he said, like what? The Goonies? No, not like that's, the Goonies. That's, that's not, not what I'm talking about. But to him, scary? that is scary. Like, that's like a scary... Because he doesn't do the jump out. He doesn't like that either. It's now, I have definitely desensitized him in life. <laughs> because I'm like, I have to watch it. I We have to do it. So he will tolerate it. But yeah, he's also a sissy. He doesn't do the scaries. All right, we got one final one, which I think is maybe the most serious of them all. Candy corn... Or just stab yourself in the fucking eye. Stab myself in the eye. Oh my god. Please and thank you. A hundred times I would. A hundred times I would. It gets stuck in your teeth. I hate the way it tastes. I feel like it's so waxy. It doesn't even taste good. But if you put a candy corn in your mouth, you will immediately put three or four more in your mouth. Like you can't, like it's like, this is gross. I'm I'm going to continue to eat this. Why am I eating this? This is horrible. We had one of the neighbor girls, because we were friends with our neighbors. They're Mm -hmm. great. We love them. Um, And they have, these neighbors specifically have two daughters that are around the same age as my daughter. They Mm -hmm. were at the house, at our house yesterday, and one of them looked me in the face and asked me if I had candy corn, and I almost sent her home. (laughs) Get out. It was really close. I, I laughed, and I was like, no and she's like oh but I like candy corn and I had to just like rein it in because she's four and a half you know right. so I had to just rein give it her in a little and bit be like it. yeah it's not worth the fight I can't punch her in the face it um, wouldn't be the nicest thing to do yeah my daughter over the weekend <laughs> we had a death in the family and so we were out of town and at some point over the course of the events Hayden had looked at me and said she really wanted to try candy corn 
to which I was like, why would you want to do that? But she also would eat candy that was literally covered in dirt. Like she doesn't care. She just wants the sugar. And then we were at somebody's house and they had candy corn out on the table to which she exclaimed that it was the best day of her life. Not necessarily maybe the best moment to be saying this is the best day of my life while we are, you know, celebrating the life of somebody who's passed. But she, her destiny was manifested on that day. She got to try candy corn and she ate more than one piece, which, you know, we're drawing up adoption papers. I think we're going to go ahead and get rid of her, but we'll see what happens. Maybe you can so. trade her in for a new one first. Don't, don't throw her all the way out, you know, well, like that's see, true. there's see like there's an a new model policy, but yeah. I'll have to ask, do they, will they want to eat candy corn? Cause if they do, <laughs> you aren't allowed. <laughs> that was fun. I'm, I feel like I need to do this at the beginning of every podcast that we ever do. Like, I just need to know, I need to know your stance on things and I need to know now. So are you ready? Are you ready to jump into these stories? I'm super pumped. I am. I'm really ready. Okay. I'm like really ready. Me too. And I want to reiterate, we have not, I don't know her stories and she doesn't know mine. And I think that's what's making this so exciting for me. Cause I'm like, I don't know what you're going to even say. Exactly. And, um, we, we, Obviously, we don't have a homework episode for our Halloween episode like we typically right. do. We will have all our resource notes yes. in the episode notes um, yep. with the websites, blah, 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 blah. Also, Patreons will get those emailed to them. So, like, sign up for our Patreon on Patreon.com. Okay, so we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Ready, ready, spaghetti. Let's do it. Speaking of spaghetti, this is about the spaghetti warehouse in Houston. Oh, my God. Okay. I love the spaghetti warehouse, by the way. So this is, I'm super excited. Okay. Well, this is a ghost story. <laughs> okay. Notable haunted places in Houston are reported to be the Rice Lofts with dancers on the roof, La Cafete, which has curious sounds and cold spots, the battleship Texas, a dead sailor, and the Julia building, which... The one-time handyman and his trusty dog, apparently, they're haunting there. The list goes on. However, the most haunted place in downtown Houston is the Spaghetti Warehouse that used to stand at 901 Commerce. The location became a restaurant in 1974, but the building had a long and varied life before that. It was built around 1912. It was the site of a fruit and vegetable warehouse and later a pharmaceutical company before diners were begging for garlic bread and lasagna. As the story traditionally goes, a young pharmacist died after falling down the elevator shaft. The pharmacist's wife was so distraught she died less than a year later. The pair of ghosts are now said to haunt this building, which, side note, very sad, this building is now gone. After Hurricane Katrina, um, they just weren't able to... You know, get it back up and going. There were there were mm-hmm. too many repairs to make, so it was the most haunted place in Houston. Sadly, it's not anymore because it's gone. But apparently, employees reported strange sightings on the second floor, and have heard their names called when nobody else was around. The male spirit shuffles around the restroom. The number of ghosts chilling out upstairs increases depending upon who you're talking to. Sometimes there are child ghosts that can be heard running around the building making mischief. The owners of the restaurants stocked it with antiques, including a Houston trolley car, a chandelier, and a grandfather clock. Some paranormal believers 
believe that spirits came imprinted on an item and followed around whenever. So they think that these items like the trolley car, the chandelier and the grandfather clock, they think all those are haunted. One employee told a Houston press reporter in 2019 that her shoelaces frequently came untied while working upstairs. And this is all from, this was all basically quoted from the Houston Chronicle. This was the story that I found. This was from the Houston Chronicle, but a lot of the stories that I've heard in particular are around the the trolley car. And apparently it just like lots of people got chills, all sorts of stuff. Um, it has sadly closed down since then. They had some kick-ass lasagna and I'm just very sad that I won't be able to visit the um, spaghetti factory going forward. They also had really pretty stained glass win- windows. I think I have photos of those windows that I will add them. But apparently, I guess short story shorter, there's a pair of ghosts that haunt them because yo, know, a pharmacist killed himself in there first, his wife died shortly, so they're there, and then things have coming off items that they put inside of it. So I think that's that. so interesting when you have like they say like spirits are attached to like an object and like the object moves and then the spirit comes with them. Because so the story that I'm gonna tell first is um I heard it while on a ghost walk and the guy who did the ghost walk was talking about that exact same thing. Like a lot of the items that were like included that they say are like haunted were from things that had happened, you know, things that had been carried on from something else. So it's like, they aren't even, it wasn't even like that they died in that building, which originally, if you're like spooked out by ghosts, like that's your one fear is that this location is going to be haunted, but it's like, well, if you buy a clock from some garage sale, now you're, you're haunted in your own house. That's really creepy. So I wonder if people would go there specifically, like, come for the breadsticks, stay for the ghosts. Like, what? So actually, one of my favorite podcasts, Spirits Podcast, when they first started out, had their people send them to the spaghetti warehouse because there are so many hauntings centered around the restaurant in general, like not just the Houston restaurant, but just Mm -hmm. different spaghetti warehouses in the area. Mm -hmm. So something fun as a follow-up would be to Google your spaghetti warehouse, whichever one's local to you, and see if there's any haunted stories that might surround them. I mean, it makes sense, though, because from what I know of the spaghetti warehouses that I'm aware of, they're all in really old buildings. They're all in, Mm -hmm. like, old warehouses, old, you know, like, that's kind of, like, part of their, like, shtick is the old building-y thing. So I'll have to check. The one in Columbus is in a pretty kick-ass building, and the one at my parents' house is also in a pretty cool, like, very warehouse district-y, like, cool area. I'll have to see, and we'll have to maybe do a a spaghetti warehouse follow-up. We could, but I have a different story that's similar that I want to cover in depth in the future Mm. instead. Yeah. And it's actually, it's my, my family. We have this restaurant in our family that's called the Wunchy Brothers, and it is haunted. 
and then I I want to tell the whole I want to tell the whole story like so you can Google the Wunchy Brothers Cafe and like you can Google the hauntings behind it and stuff like that. But I kind of I kind of want to tell the history of my family because this is half my podcast and that's my fucking prerogative. <laughs> and yeah. also the restaurant is haunted, so I feel like it's just kind of like so for one episode I just want to like tell the history of before things and like how things come came to be. And then for like a part two I have had in mind that. I want to do that specifically on like the haunted portion of it. That's really cool. I want I you just, to do that too. Yeah, I'm just nervous be awesome. because it is my family. And so I want to do like a really good job. So there's no plan on when that will come. Just so you know, for future, that is something that will happen. Maybe the more you email us, the more I will feel like I should cover that case. So, yes. I'm going to email you every day. Does that count? Like, (laughs) please, let's talk about the story. Because I love, of course, love all things true crime. But also, when you have, like, a tie to, like, a true crime story or a ghost story, like, that makes it so much spookier and so much cooler. I just think it's awesome. Agreed. Okay. So this first story was one that I heard that was retold to me. But it's about a place that I'm really familiar with. I am excited to pass it on to the world because sometimes I feel like this place is a place that nobody ever really knows about. So it's exciting to talk about. So my story is about a girl named Annabelle Mavis and the location is Gibraltar Island. I grew up in Northeast Ohio area and my parents when they were little and us as kids growing up, we always went to, there are several islands off the coast of Ohio, which I know if you guys are not from Ohio, the first thing you think of is islands, right? Like that's like the cool thing to think about. There's Kelly's Island and then there is Putin Bay Island and then there's Gibraltar Island. Well, Gibraltar Island isn't an island that is inhabited anymore. Um, It's a place where they do some like research locally, but it was a place where people lived before. So that's just a little bit of a backstory. So Annabelle was the daughter of a staff member who, for a family of a gentleman named Jay Cook, and he was a big, fancy, rich dude that lived on Gibraltar Island. The family had a lot of staff. Annabelle would often help her mom in the kitchen and her mother was a cook. When you live on an island, especially when you live on an island back in like the 1800s, you're living in a place where it's not easy to get stuff to. So he would have somebody curry his mail, his messages, everything to him from the main island. So main islands would be like Kelly's Island, Putin Bay. Where we were when we heard this story was on Putin Bay and you can actually see Gibraltar Island from Putin Bay. There was a courier and he would come from the main island over to deliver his mail, over to send messages from the main island. And, you know, there were a couple different guys that would do the currying, but there was this one guy and nowhere in the story and nowhere in history are we able to find out what his name was. So he's just kind of referred to as like the courier. Uh, One courier kind of spent a lot of time on the island. You know, he would go in the morning, he would deliver all the packages and do all the things, and then he would wait for responses before he would go back. So there was a lot of like sitting around time. So he really got to know Annabelle fairly well and they fell in love. And on one trip, the man brought Annabelle a locket and said as long um and he also put a lock of his hair in the locket which is 
gross. But I feel like that was a really common thing, like at that time, in that time period, like here's a piece of my hair, which don't give me any of your hair. Uh, he told her that as long as she had on the locket, that he would know that she loved him. And she was like soups into him. So she never took the locket off. Like she would wear it all the time. The courier often wasn't there at night. Like he was just there usually like during the day. And one night he wasn't there. Another member of the gardening staff who also had his eye on Annabelle kind of swept her away to like, he wanted to like smooch her and stuff. So he takes her away and he goes, they go to this place called Perry's Lookout. So on Putin Bay, there's a large monument um, called Perry's Monument that is, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to try to guess like which one it is. I'm sure I could look it up, but it's like the third largest monument in the world. Like it's huge. It's just, it's really tall from Gibraltar Island. You can see this monument. So they, they go to this Perry's lookout. And while we were, they were there, the gardener gets a little too frisky and Annabelle was like, I'm not having it. I have a boyfriend, get out of here. So she kind of fought him off, but in the struggle, the locket fell off and fell off the side of Perry's lookout. So the next day, the courier came back. He immediately noticed that her necklace was gone. He was so heartbroken that he left the island without even speaking to her. She was so distraught. Later that night, she goes back to the lookout point with her lantern and she looks for the missing locket. The locket was nowhere to be found and the courier never returned again. So legend has it that Annabelle never married. She never moved on. And legend says that you can stand on Putin Bay and look across to Gibraltar Island in the, like, in the dark and still see Annabelle's lantern walking along Perry's lookout. I have never personally seen it, but I have seen footage of people filming across and you can see a light, like, across the lake. Um, there's not much information about Annabelle other than the story, like, what happened to her other, th other than she didn't get married. Um but their heartbreak lives on. And it's something that the locals talk about. They can often see the light across the lake. And um, they have, uh, so Gibraltar Island, I mentioned at the beginning of the story, it's not inhabited anymore, but they do have like a research facility on the island. And there are some students that claim that you can also hear crying from the island. Soup's creepy. I love stories like that where it's just kind of like this little piece of history that also could be bullshit, but could have been like this really incredible heartbreak love story. I also love how people come up with all sorts of things uh, to like explain natural phenomenons. So maybe mm -hmm. the wind out there just sounds like it's crying. And also like light carries differently on the water. So it mm -hmm. could totally also be that. But from the video footage that I saw, and if you go to YouTube and you Google Gibraltar Island, you should be able to find some videos. But it does look like a lantern. Like it does like it's it's hard to explain, but also you could probably totally explain it. But that's another thing that I really love about ghost stories is that you this could totally be scientifically proven, but don't be a stick in the mud. Don't explain it. Just let yourself be scared. I know, but that just makes me sad for her in general. Like, girl, put on your big girl panties and like, yeah, you don't have to get married. That's fine. Like, who needs a fucking man? Just do yourself. Like, get out there. Kick your heels up. Do some cartwheels. Live your fucking life. Like, pick yourself up by your boots and just just go, you know? Like, yeah, right. that sucks that the love of your life never showed up again. That's devastating. 
but like y'all didn't have a life together like this was this was y'all weren't even technically dating like but oh, it also on. sounds like he could have been hey buddy maybe you wait for an explanation before you just run away and never come back i mean yeah i don't know sometimes i act irrationally though so i could see myself <laughs> doing that you you are the courier in this story. You're the one that just runs away. So yeah, so that's the that's my Gibraltar Island story. Fun fact, you said after your spaghetti warehouse story that you have a story you want to cover. So this summer, right when we first started the podcast, I believe I was editing our first episode on vacation. We went to Putin Bay, which is across from Gibraltar Island. And I remember thinking, I wonder if anybody's ever been murdered here. Because like, what a cool true crime story to tell. And I researched it and somebody has been murdered there. And they were murdered at the place we were staying. So I'm like, now I have to, we have to cover this case. So again, don't know when, but someday we're going to cover that fucking case because it's a weird one. And it was recent, like in the 2000s, like it was in the last 20 years. That's cool. I mean, that's not cool. People getting murdered is not cool. It's not cool, but it's cool when you're like, oh man, I know the story and now I want to talk about it. So yeah. All right. So that's my story. Z, give us your next one. This one's super short, but it's, it's a, it's a good one. So this is (laughs) the Island of the Dolls. And this is. I feel like I've heard of this. Oh man. In, in Mexico City. I feel like I've seen, like, not in depth, but go, go. Okay, so there's this place, and they call it the Venice of Mexico, and I'm gonna, like, in my head, I can say it correctly, but I don't think it's gonna translate in my mouth. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it right, so I'm not gonna say it. So it's the Venice of Mexico City, and, like, you go, and they have you on these, these boats, and these boats are beautiful, Amy. They are brightly colored. They are like the the picture of Mexico City they are covered with flowers both fake and real flowers they are again 50 hundred different colors they're all titled something that's like a saint or like you know something else that's catholic as shit and um you're floating along and then um ooh, when you pull up even before you get on these boats when you pull up there's mariachi bands just like hanging out like playing hoping you're gonna buy for them to go on your boat and then you get on your boat and they have they have floating vendors that go by and and like one of them will be like braiding literal flowers into like hair thingies like a what's that a crown a hair crown yeah, a flower yeah, crown. yeah and then somebody else will have micheladas do you know what that is no you you'll like it i think chris would like it too it's like it's it's got some it's a beer and then it has it's like a it's like a bloody mary beer I have heard of this, yes, and I do think I would like that. But they like just serve them like on like here past like cotton candy at, like a here's baseball your game. Styro- here's your fucking styrofoam cup. Um, they're gonna swirl it around in this like brownishy stuff, and then they're gonna sprinkle like some. I know it looks nasty, but and <laughs> like then they <laughs> and, not good. No. I, it doesn't sound good. And they but it's like it's like a paste. Okay. I don't know. And then they sprinkle like a tahine type thing on top and then they add some stuff in with your beer and it's, it's delicious. And then again, there are mariachis that are on boats and this, that, and the other, you're passing all of it's, it's beautiful. It's great. Um, normally people, you get on to like drink and, and party and fiesta, right? Like 
It's a thing to do in Mexico City. So if you ever go, you have to, have to, have to go there. So these are like party boats or they're like tourist boats or both? Like it kind of like what you make it? Yes. Because, okay, so when I went, so my husband is Mexican and he is from Mexico City. So he's the best tour guide. And we have gone to Mexico City, I think like 15 times at this point. I've been to Mexico City. I I love it. It's great. We normally go to visit family, though. So we do some of the touristy things, but then some of the things they don't want to go to, right? Because they've been there. They've done that. They don't want to do it again, especially on, like, a Saturday or, like, you know. all the other tourists are there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um, we took my parents in 2015. No. Yeah, maybe 2015, maybe 2016. I don't know. We took them one year and that's when we went. And so it was my mom, my dad, myself and Roberto. And we were all on one boat and that was it. There was nobody else with us. You get to rent it out like per party. Nice. I nice. think they'll like rope on together if you have more people. Anyways, it's super fun. It's great. You got to go. You got to go. But mm-hmm. there is the Island of the Dolls that is also at this location. Again, the Venice of Mexico City. Isla de las Municas. Okay, I feel like I might have pronounced island incorrectly. I feel like the rest was right, okay? So we're here. I'm trying. Gotcha. You know, I can can understand a lot of Spanish, but my Spanish speaking (laughs) is poor. Okay. So there's a a recluse by the name of Julian Barrera who lived on the banks of a canal And he noticed one day that there was the dead body of a girl floating in the water accompanied by her doll. He claims that he could hear the screams of the dead girl. And as consequence, he hanged the dolls amidst the leaves and branches of the surrounding woodlands to appease the spirit. Others joined Barrera in hanging dolls. And today, the trees on the spooky island are covered with, like, thousands of them. So the Mm -hmm. whole premise is... There was a girl found dead. This recluse hangs a doll in the tree to say, like, it's cool. Here's your doll. And then people just started to bring more dolls to this island. Like, and they're like terrifying. They're like creepy looking dolls, right? Because they've been out in the rain, in the heat. They don't have like dirty. irises in their yeah. eyeballs they're dirty their hair is gone like some of them are just like dull heads some of them are dull bodies Ooh. apparently you Terrifying. can right apparent it's just as it's fucking eerie because i'm Dolls not one that's are like, creepy anyways like if in the right context a doll can be terrifying i agree and i disagree i don't buy into the whole like dolls are super creepy hype but also like too many dolls are super creepy okay so Mm -hmm. like I'm sorry if you're a doll collector we cannot be well maybe we can be friends I cannot come to your house I can't go in there I'm gonna also talk about your doll collection behind your back is probably Probably. what's gonna happen if I find out about it I will talk shit like like I will be judgmental over that it's okay you can be judgmental over something in my life that I end up fucking weird too that's okay 
You can still be friends. You can ask them why, too. Y'all can still be friends. It's no big deal. We're all our own peoples. But no, if you collect dolls, I can't come to your house. But my aunt used to have dolls. My mom has this doll collection. I actually have this big-ass doll collection in my mom's attic that my mom's been begging me to take that I inherited from my aunt and some from my mom. But I'm like, where the fuck am I going to put these? Am I going to make a weirdest? Like, my mom used to have the glass doll cases in the in the yeah. living room in the living room bro like That's she wanted them on for me. high high display she was like everyone who walks into my house will see my creepy ass porcelain fucking dolls but like why though why do she people want to see that she just likes know. them she likes so them. like to me a doll in general i'm not going to be like oh i'm creeped out like that weirds me out fine i'm not i'm also the same like i'm not going to be that way about a clown now if you're like looking like a murder clown like okay that's creepy but like a regular old circus clown i don't whatever it is what it is same thing with dolls but like porcelain dolls weird me out those like american girl dolls really (laughs) weird me out but like in large quantities in large quantities Okay. One American Girl doll, live your dream, man. You want an American Girl doll, live your life. 50 of them? Too many. I'm concerned. Also, I'm that's concerned a lot of money. Those those dolls are expensive. But millions of dolls in a tree hanging. No, thank you. No, it's thank you. It's fucking weird. I think I have a video. I know I have at least a photo. I could probably even ask my cousins and stuff if they have ever walked there at night because apparently you can go on the island at night and like you can hear whispers of nope the i doll. can't like <laughs> nope i can't either because i'm not fucking there it's I not am- for me it's not for me <laughs> <laughs> nope no thank you no thank oh, you exactly. oh my god terrifying that is terrifying super creepster that's creepy very weird okay so Amy's got the final story for us today. <laughs> okay, this one is wackadoo because so I apparently knew about this story before I knew about this story. And when I was researching like creepy things that happened near my hometown, I was finding the connections. So, like I mentioned before, I grew up in Northeast Ohio in a town called Cauga Falls. If you know where that is, I will give you a prize because nobody knows where that is. It's like 40 minutes south of Cleveland. So surrounding our hometown were a lot of other really tiny towns. So I didn't understand the word big city until I was an adult. I definitely grew up in the suburb of suburbs. So I promise all of this has a point. Um, I had a really super normal childhood. I always wanted to go to summer camp. I would spend at least a week or two there every summer. And ever since I was in the first grade, like all the way through college, my undergraduate degrees in recreation, like camp was my jam. I promise all of this has a point. So the town that my camp was in was about 20 minutes from where I grew up. And this town was called Peninsula. So Peninsula is like down in a valley and it's really close to if you're a big skier there's boston mills ski resort which is really close to there so there there's an area of town near peninsula that the locals call Helltown. it's really super creepy and it is this little abandoned town that's basically like barricaded off and it's rumored to have been filled with satan worshipers and that what caused everybody to leave the town was a toxic chemical spill that also kind of produced all these additional things. 
So to kind of understand a little bit more about the story, you got to hear the backstory of it. Wait, so, it's called it's called Hellville. No, so it's called Helltown. Okay, but that's what locals call it. Like, it's not actually like if you looked on a map, you're not actually going to see like there's Helltown. It's okay. called Boston Mills is the name of the town, but okay. locals refer to this little township that is not a town anymore, but it's like this weird blocked off town. Um, they call it Helltown. Okay, so. The town was settled in 1806, and it kind of came to be because of the construction of the Ohio and the Erie Canals. So in this area of town, there are, it's where a lot of the canals were, where the boats were coming and taking supplies. There's also a large railroad station um, and a railroad that runs through this area. So in the mid-1820s, the town got its original name, which is Boston Mills, because of a railroad um, station that ran through there. So the town remained really small and sort of kind of untouched for about a hundred years. So the town was always kind of creepy. There's a lot of little areas. And if you go there now, like the actual area of Peninsula, which is right next to Boston Mills, their main downtown is still pretty untouched. Like it's all still pretty olden looking, but this area of town kind of remained just fine for about 100 years until about the 1960s and during that point of time the government had really started buying up a lot of local land to allow for the national park service to expand and create more park lands so where this is is right in between the cog valley national park so the national parks now this is where it gets kind of what really happened. The national parks bought up this area, um, but the locals say that they that this was because there was a chemical spill and the government was trying to cover it up. So the National Park Service purchased it because for from the time they purchased it, the land sat untouched. The town was still there. The buildings were still there. Everything. They never did anything with the area, but everybody was forced out. The town stayed the way that it was. So while some of the chemical spill might just be legend, there is some truth to the rumors. So with a lot of these stories, there's, you know, who knows what could be explained by science, but could not be explained by science. But there was a local family that had a private dump nearby. And when the park acquired the land, there were rumors of strange odors, headaches, and even rashes. The EPA came in and ran some tests of the area, and they were, had discovered that there were several highly toxic substances that were found that were kind of emanating from the different drums of chemicals that were located on this private dump. So the site was closed and was cleaned up, and cleanup had started, but it was never finished. So that's a little bit of a backstory. The town sat untouched, like I said, from when they purchased it till it was unfortunately leveled in I think it was 2016 so really recently um, the whole town is surrounded by roads that lead to nowhere like before they had closed everything down and after the town itself was kind of built around all these roads that don't lead anywhere and I can remember being a counselor at camp and we would go, I didn't know what it was at the time, but we would go looking for these roads. And like, of course you're like looking for spooky stuff. So like when we had time off, there was nothing else to do. We would like go and drive around and look for these roads. 
The whole town surrounded by roads that lead to nowhere. Some people think that this was designed to confuse anybody that had stumbled into the area. The town, like I said, is in the Cog Valley National Park area. So there's a lot of hiking and wilderness kind of surrounding the area. So you might be wondering, Amy, why would they call this place Howtown? Like this sounds like a quaint little place to stay and visit. Well, I don't quite know the answer to that, but there was a creepy church in the center of town that might have had something to do with it that had designs that looked like inverted crosses all over it. Now, some people say that that was part of like the architecture at the time, but some people think that the church was a place for Satanists to worship and that the residents that still remain surrounding the area are hiding to try and recruit anybody that might come poking around. Most of the remaining buildings were demolished in 2016, but there's still plenty of legends and stories that will kind of keep you up at night. You might be wondering, what are some of these legends and stories? So due to the chemical spill that was rumored, it was rumored that a lot of the residents and the animals in the area were kind of deformed or were affected by the chemical spill. Um, there's a massive snake that's rumored to be 15 to 19 feet in length that still lives in the woods surrounding the, aban the abandoned town. Now I will say, being from the area and also being a camper and a camp counselor at a camp that's like very close by, black rat snakes in the area get huge. Not 15 to 19 feet, so it could have been like some sort of a large massive black rat snake, but I mean, it also could have been a chemical spill. Uh, there was also an abandoned bus that sat at the entrance of the town that was rumored to have carried a group of high school students to the local ski resort, which is Boston Mills, which is in the same area. The bus was flagged down by an elderly woman who claimed to have a child in her house that was injured when the bus driver turned around to come and help um, with the injured child. The bus was a supposedly swarmed by locals who they refer to as Satan worshipers who sacrificed the children on the bus. So the bus then just kind of sat abandoned in this town for the longest time. There is a cemetery located in town and it is supposed to house the souls that were left in the town because they were the only ones that weren't forced to leave. There's a bench that isn't there anymore because it's been leveled, but there is a bench close to the cemetery where it's rumored that there's a ghost that goes and sits there waiting for his loved ones to come back. There are two uh, roads that run through Helltown, both labeled as dead ends, even though you can watch them kind of continue on down in the distance. And legends say that local satanic cults put up these signs to keep people out of their secret hideouts. They call one of the main roads the end of the world or the highway to hell. And I have seen the entrance to this, but have never been brave enough to like go any further than that. Some stories indicate that the road itself is evil and is known to take possession of your vehicle, causing fatal accidents. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of other spaces in the valley. So where this camp is located in like in Cahaga Valley there's a I mean it's it's dangerous it's like hilly roads there's a covered bridge where there's a lot of rumors and like stories and like crybaby bridge which is another bridge that's in the area where you know was it satanic possession or was it just that somebody slipped off the road which is also a possibility 
Um, so it is said that if you park your car at the end of Stanford Road, you may meet your gruesome fate at the hands of the strange people who still patrol the area and protect it. It was so interesting to me to come across, number one, more information about this little town that I have always kind of known about my whole life, but never really knew there was like other people that thought it was like creepy or weird, but also that there's this huge backstory and all of these legends and things that kind of go along with it. So I would love to see photos from that area. Yeah. And I don't believe that it was Satanists, okay? Like, I'm sorry. That's not it. Like, yes, it could be a chemical spill. Yes, it could be some weirdos. But I don't like, okay, and I'm not saying, like, yay, Satanism or anything like that. But I just don't think that that means that. But if you listen to a lot of, like, true crime legends and stories, you know, it all boils down to Satanists. The satanic panic. That's right. So, and it makes, I mean, really honestly, like if you're talking about like the history of the area, like it really makes sense. Like this area of town also like, you know, it was the Midwest. Like this is like Christian village at its finest. Like where, what are you going to blame it on? You're going to blame it on Satan worshipers. Like why not? Not Jesus. The opposite (laughs) of Jesus. Jesus, The other one. The opposite of Uh, Jesus. (laughs) But also, like, gothic architecture included a lot of things that did look like inverted crosses. So it very well have just been a regular old church and a bunch of weird homebodies that didn't want to leave their town. Like, that's also a pretty common thing for the towns in this area. Like, people move here and they never leave. So (laughs) I know that it's that strange. But I thought it was kind of a, a cool story to think about when you're creepily driving through the dark. So... And I love, I love that they might have put, like, all sorts of roads to just, like, confuse the fuck out of people. Something happened. I mean, if you want to keep people out of your town. Aliens. That's what I would do. Aliens. Aliens might have happened. Like, maybe this is the government. Yeah, I mean, we don't know, okay? I wouldn't put it past some sort of weird chemical spill that the government yes. did try to cover up. Like, that mm-hmm. I could believe. The satanic worshippers, eh, maybe. But I think more or less it's probably the government covering up a chemical spill that would be my big thing agreed well these were fun these stories were fun what a spooky way to to start off our legit here comes halloween week so exciting i know exciting okay well i guess we're just we're gonna wrap it on up so signing off for another episode so join us for our next episode where we're gonna cover the cleveland strangler and i'm very excited about that also another kind of local story for me so we're gonna stay out of texas for a while we're gonna stay in ohio (laughs) for a while so it's great But yes, so come back and join us for that episode. If you've got spooky local stories you want to share with us, email us at cursewordsandcrans at gmail.com or come check us out on Instagram at cursewordsandcrans. And we will see you around because you guys aren't going to get rid of us that easy. Be safe out there for Halloween and just like remember nobody's purposely trying to give your kids drugs, okay? So (laughs) they're going to save them for themselves. Come on. Right? Or if you are giving out drugs at your house, peeps me the address, like, on my personal Instagram account, and let me know, let me know where you live. I might, maybe I'll stop by.
<laughs> Stay off drugs, everyone, okay? Have a good Halloween, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye.